The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Welcome to Board with Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and thrilled to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I am one of your hosts, Kyle Hyman, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who has done this with me basically 250 times, Josh Borboni. How are you doing this evening, sir? I am doing... Oh, I almost said my catchphrase. I'm doing well. Uh, I'm doing okay. It's been a, it's been a nice weekend. I'm well, tired, what? but I'm not exhausted. <laughs> I was like, well, what is it? If you don't say it, it's not a catchphrase. Say it then. I'm tired. I'm always tired. That's okay. But sometimes okay. I don't feel as tired as I probably am. <laughs> well, that's fair. I have uh, been fortunate that this entire weekend, Friday night, Saturday and Sunday, I took a nap every day. I took a nap, Josh, on Friday Ugh. night after I got home from work, but before I went to bed. That's how tired I have been. What a luxury. I know, right? <laughs> nap. When you don't have kids, you can do things like that. Because <laughs> when you have other people who don't need you, uh, things yeah. are good as far as that goes. So, um, so, so, Josh, a lot of pregame things to discuss today. Yeah. First off, before we get to the bigger news, uh, have you ever installed a dishwasher before? Uh <laughs> You know, I have a dishwasher. I know it got installed. I can't remember if I was on the ground floor for that or not. <laughs> gotcha. Probably not. So, yeah. So we uh, replaced our dishwasher and, you know, we were going to have it get installed. We were going to pay someone to install it. Like when we bought it, we like paid for it to get installed. Uh, you know, they, it was supposed to be installed on July 13th and it still hadn't been installed yet. Mm. So I went to the store and was like, can I just, you know, take this? Can I just like get refunded for this installation and just take the, the dishwasher yeah. that's here that's been here for a month uh they're like yeah that's fine so we did that and i just took it home so then my father-in-law came out to install said dishwasher and you know my father-in-law very very helpful an electrician um was like hey this is something you really should be able to do i'm like i know that it is something theoretically that i should be able to do <laughs> and yeah. i'm like let me be clear if everything goes according to plan I will feel very a little bit guilty about having you come out. I'm like, but if there's anything I know about our house, even though it was quote unquote a new house when we bought it. When it comes to electrical, things in our house ain't quite right. <laughs> I'm like, so you're an electrician. So you're here because I don't know if this is going to go the way I think it's going to go. He's like, we're going to be done in less than an hour. Mm. Four and a half hours later, Josh, <laughs> we had a dishwasher and stuff. I know that jinx if I've ever heard it before. <laughs> So, yeah, he was, uh, he, he swore many times. Oh. Uh, there were, at one point, he's like, hey, do you know who the electrician was who built your house? And I said, uh, I know the company, but I'm not going to tell you based off of how menacingly you just said that. <laughs> like, he was not a happy camper about how the electri electrical in our house is run. But on the plus side, everything is much better now and much more ship shape. And he did say, <laughs> you're right. You probably couldn't have done this. Not because oh. you aren't smart. Right. But because there's probably no video that like exactly walks you through everything I just had to do 
to make all of this work for you. And so, you know, you don't burn your house down. Yeah. Uh, so that made me feel a little bit better that <laughs> I had him come out to do that. So, um, but it also explains to me why they could not find someone to come install a dishwasher. Because if that's how it always goes, I could see why no one would want to do it. So. Yeah. <laughs> when I worked at Lowe's, we used to have we the people who did installations for the store I was in I had more complaints than compliments and more like uh br- broken things and mm-hmm. and like a lots of uh settlements that it was a third party company so yeah uh, you would always hear stories about dishwashers, refrigerators, washers, dryers. Just we were always like, "Why are we using this company?" <laughs> oh, that's right. Massachusetts has the low bidder law, so you, the lowest bid always wins on any um, like contracting work for businesses. Ah, excellent! Even if they can't provide the work that they're bidding on. <laughs> Even, if they, yeah. When I worked in a different state, they had something similar for. Um, for that when like the university would like bid out contracts yeah. to like build things and you had to have like really um extensive history slash data slash proof of like if this company bids the lowest why did you not accept it like you have to have had basically had horrible experiences in the past that you can yeah. point to that show that like yes though the initial bid was less because of you know warranty work or whatever else had to be done it actually cost more than had we gone with like a different bid and i remember we had built a new building new residence hall and within two years of the hall being built they had to replace every single drain in the building (laughs) oh boy because every single one of them leaked because of how they installed it that's yeah they installed like a um uh, LED bulbs in like all of our buildings, and they're yeah. like these. These won't have to be replaced for ten years, and they've had to replace like all of them <laughs> in with, <laughs> within like two years. Excellent. That's the way it's supposed to go. Um. So yeah. So listeners, if you've ever had adventures in installing dishwashers or other appliances, let us know. We'd love to hear it. Uh. Speaking of <laughs> install, I don't know. That's going to be a bad transition. <laughs> uh. So Josh, this is episode two hundred and fifty. Yeah. We've done a lot of these episodes. Two hundred and fifty of them. I know, right? Uh, so, <laughs> listeners, as you may know, uh, there's been some life transitions happening here for uh, well, for me with uh, just going back to school and all these good things. And I took one class this summer, and I'm going to be honest, it was a challenge to balance course responsibilities, home life responsibilities, work responsibilities, and then feeling like I could positively contribute to the podcast. Um, so Josh and I have been talking about it and really thinking about what is best for us, best for the podcast, because we don't want to just a you know put out a podcast that we like scrap together and just like don't really care about um and you know are just kind of doing it to continue to do it but also for me you know i'm gonna have multiple nights a week now that i'm gonna be busy and plus homework time like and i want to ensure that i'm still being like a good partner um and not just leaving you know all my other responsibilities to, to to my partner um so as a result for regular shows uh the week of august 21st 22nd so that would release August 23rd, that Tuesday. That is going to be our last uh, regularly scheduled show, I guess I should say, for for a while. So um, with this transition, our plan is to go down to doing monthly podcasts for September, October, November, December. Uh, and then we're going to kind of reevaluate where everything is at. Um, so we just wanted to share that with you now, let you know kind of what we're thinking. Um, just because, you know, like I said, 
just responsibilities on this side is going to be really tough to balance. Um, you know, Josh and I uh, like doing this because we love hanging out and talking to each other. But, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's hard if we're not going to be able to, like, or I'm not really going to be able to play games in between anything. So I don't know how much I'm going to have to contribute. Um, and just, you know, making sure that Josh and I, because the most time that we spend with one another is doing this podcast. And it might be, you know, more helpful for us to actually, like, play games together from time to yeah. time. We have things to talk to. So, yeah, so like I said, you know, we got about three or so more weeks of kind of regular shows, and then you know that August twenty third show will kind of be the last regularly scheduled one. Um, we'll on that date, we'll kind of let you know what the plan is because we are going to have like a set time each month that the new show is going to come out because we do think that's important. Um, but also knowing that you know, <laughs> kind of the Death Metal podcast is if they don't come out weekly, uh, at least you know it's right. tough for them to kind of sustain <laughs> and, and all that good stuff. And I know, like I'm someone who. Um, I, I listen to especially like recap shows for certain television shows and stuff that like between seasons, I'm like, I delete the the podcast feed and then I'm like, oh, shoot, we're like four weeks into the show. I forgot to like re-add this podcast. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of what we're thinking right now. Josh, thoughts, comments, things you want to say about that? Uh, yeah, I mean, this uh, is something that ne- we didn't necessarily want to stop doing, but it, it is... I think important for our collective and individual lives that we need to take care of ourselves. My son's starting kindergarten and I can't even imagine what this, like a regular five day a week school thing is going to be like in this house and how that's going to change. I'm starting a new shift at work. So my schedule is going to be totally different as well. Um, you know, and yeah, uh, Kyle and I talked about it. Like the most important thing is that we connect with each other. So uh, not to to diminish our listeners, like obviously we love doing this and we love the feedback we get, but uh, like we started doing this to talk about something we shared together passionately and we still do. We just don't have as much time to do it as when we first started. Life happens uh, and we're just doing our best to adapt. Obviously, we want to keep doing it. Otherwise, we wouldn't be trying to do monthly shows. We would just say we were done for now. So, you know, we want to keep going. And if we can play games, you know, we'll try to stream it so people can uh, watch if they really want to. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, that being said, also, if you are listening to Dollar Cinema, Dollar Cinema is going to take a hiatus as well. Uh, because Lucas also has some things going on um, in his life as well. So we're just going to, you know, we don't want to force anything on our end because, uh, I don't know, Kyle listens to a lot of podcasts, so do I. I think it's obvious when you're listening to certain ones when they're forced out or maybe don't have, like, the most uh, engaged uh, participants. So we don't want to do that. We want to to uh put out a good show for you and for us and like my my buddy said to me saturday night he's like you guys do a game podcast and you don't get you don't play games that much anymore yeah. <laughs> and i was like yeah i mean that hurts to hear but yeah you're right <laughs> that's true uh it's more about like wanting to the, the ambition and the want is there to do it but it's not always the most uh practical or feasible thing to get done at least for me, I can't like you play way more board games than I do recently. And yeah. in, in general, I think, um, 
but I like to think I want to play more than anybody I know. <laughs> I want to play board games more than a single person I've met in my life. Just doesn't happen. Uh, which is fine. You know, it is what it is. And I think we have really great conversations when the two of us are talking about games that we've played. And I think maybe monthly will be good for us if if the case is that we're actually getting stuff like accumulated for one episode. Yeah. So that could well, be nice. Yeah, I, I agree. And that, that is the <laughs> astute observation of um, I definitely am playing games overall less than I ever have. And it is hard. It is challenging to talk about games when you don't have the opportunity to play them. And, you know, this does mean that this time we held on Sunday nights to record the podcast. Now is time that we could play board. We could play games together, you know, and yeah. we could do those things so that we can come together and talk about it once a month. And the big plan is that once that December show rolls around is we're going to reevaluate and see where everything is at and make some decisions about what things are going to look like moving forward. Um, Cause I think we do want to finish out the year. Like I do want to have like my yeah. favorite games of the year episode. Like I do have those things that I still want to talk about this year and who knows what the future holds. Um, I, I think we're not closing ourselves off to any option, right. um, but we just really want to kind of see what's out there because yeah, things are changing. And one of the biggest things that, you know, in, in listening to a whole bunch of people that, you know, do game stuff for a living. And this is going to sound like a complaint, but it, it genuinely is not. Um, it, it's really hard when and I, we're fortunate, but like everything we do for this, like is us paying to do things, right? Like yes. we, we don't like we occasionally get review codes for games or review copies of games, but we also don't reach out that often to ask because it's another thing that takes time to do when you're already so that's like the hard thing of like to to make this be as big and huge and grand as it could be. It's a huge time investment that unfortunately, just because of our other obligations and I'll be honest, other priorities, uh, this doesn't have, you know, push as forward as it could. So I think it actually, you know, reducing the amount of time we're actually podcasting, I think will increase the quality of the podcast. Um, I think it will make it a better show. and There'll be a better conversations. Um, so yeah, that's the plan. So you'll get a, a few more weeks here of, of kind of regular shows, um, and then we'll kind of transition to that, to going monthly until the end of the year, and then we'll reevaluate and let you know, let everyone know where things are at at that point. So yeah. any other thoughts, Josh, anything else you want to say about that? Ooh, no, it's going to take some time to get used to. I'll be sad. I'm going to be sad for a little while, but we'll, we'll get over it. <laughs> well, and like I said, Josh, we're going to have to just play some games together and it'll be great because we'll actually yes. have the time to decide to do that. So Agreed. All right. So obviously, listeners, if you have questions, let us know. We're happy to, you know, answer any questions that you have about that. We try to, we always try to be transparent. It's not like we have any uh, <laughs> like super, you know, secret details that we can't share with you. So just let us know if you have any thoughts or questions. Uh, OK, but Josh, our pregame would not be like it wouldn't be a pregame if we didn't talk about food. Right. Sure, 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 sure. So, Josh, are you ready to take a fun food quiz? Oof, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, this is very lighthearted. It is, uh, well, the first question is I have no idea what anything past the first question is, so we'll see how this goes. Um, uh, okay, Josh, so fun food quiz. Uh, listeners, play along at home. Let us know what your thoughts are. Um, this is a test your smarts and your stomach with some food-related trivia questions. So if you ever uh, go to trivia nights or things like that, maybe this will help you in the future. Sure. All right, sure. Josh. <laughs> these are all multiple choice, so I'll get reading yeah. questions and they give you the choices. Which part of the United States sells the most ice cream? Oh. The Midwest, the Great Lakes, the South, or the West Coast? Uh oh, boy, the Midwest. Uh, it's hot there always. Midwest sounds like a good pick. Let's go with it. The Midwest. 
Incorrect. The Great Lakes region. Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, Ohio, and Wisconsin. I guess that makes sense. I I can see that. I can see that. Okay, next question. What is the oldest fast food chain in America? White Castle, McDonald's, Burger King, or Dairy Queen? Uh, It's either White Castle or Dairy Queen. I'll guess White Castle. Correct. White Castle was founded in Kansas in 1921. Nice work, Josh. What percentage of Americans drink their coffee black? 15%, oh. <laughs> 20%, 25%, or 30%. So, Josh, really, what this is asking, what percentage of Americans are serial killers? Uh, I think this question, if you asked it 20 years ago, it yeah. would be 58%. Uh, I think now <laughs> it's probably, what was the second one? Uh, 20 is the second I think question. it's probably closer to 20% now. 20%? Correct, Josh. Nice job. Only 20% of Americans <laughs> drink their coffee black, while another 19% don't drink coffee at all. Yeah, That's that kind makes of sense. odd to have those together, but okay. What category of fruit do bananas fall into? Citrus, tropical, berries, or melons? I believe bananas are berries. That is correct, Josh. Yeah. Bananas are berries. Nice, nice, nice. Like other like other berries, bananas stem from a single seed. Man, Josh, you're crushing this. Nice work. <laughs> Where did lasagna originate? Oh. Italy, yeah. Greece, uh-huh. France, or Spain? It's it's not Italy, because obviously that would be very easy. But I want to go with spain just because of its location incorrect lasagna was named for a type of fermented noodle called legadon which was popular in greece yeah okay a lot of things that are are italian i feel were were actually greek first not italian Italian. yeah Yeah. um uh, the dish made its way to italy through roman conquerors there you go all right (laughs) yeah (laughs) Maybe the only good thing colonization has ever done is it brought us lasagna. All right. Which green vegetable has more vitamin C than an orange? Green leaf lettuce, green beans. I had those for dinner tonight. Artichokes or broccoli? I think it's artichokes, but that's a that's a guess. Ooh, incorrect. One cup of broccoli contains 81 milligrams of vitamin C. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Here we go. This, This old one. Which state officially classifies hot dogs as sandwiches. <laughs> New York, New Jersey, California, or Texas. All great choices. It can't be New York. That's where they have the hot dog eating contest. It's it not a sandwich eating contest. Uh, <laughs> New Jersey, I feel like, is probably trashy enough to do it. So let's go to New Jersey. <laughs> Incorrect. It's in Texas. Actually, Josh. New York officially catalogs hot dogs as sandwich, (laughs) but the president of the National Hot Dog and Sausage Council says otherwise. Yeah. Okay, Josh. How old is Bubble Tea? 200 years old. Oh, boy. 100 years old, 80 years old, or 40 years old? All those are way older than I expected. I guess let's just go 200 years old. Why not? Ooh, incorrect, Josh. Bubble tea is only around 40 years old. I went the wrong way. (laughs) Is eggplant a fruit or a vegetable? It's a root Uh, vegetable, right? Not a root vegetable. Sorry. Your choices are, this is kind of confusing, uh, fruit, vegetable, both, or neither. Oh. 
I don't like this. Not, it, not well, it has to be a fruit or a vegetable. I mean, based on the question, right? I would assume so. Yeah, <laughs> it can't be both. If it's tricky, it's going to be a fruit. But it it grows. I know eggplant grows. Oh wait, a tomato is a fruit. It's a fruit. Correct. Okay. Nice work. What is the difference between sushi and sashimi? I know you're a big sushi fan. Yeah. So, rice, vinegar, rice and vinegar, fish. Well, yeah, uh, sashimi is fish. Sushi is a preparation style of food, so I'm going to say fish. So you're saying fish is your answer? Yeah. Incorrect. Sushi always includes rice mixed with rice, wine, vinegar, while sashimi is just thinly sliced ribbons of meat or fish. Yeah, so but I think sushi doesn't saying, always have fish, though. <laughs> I, I, I agree. I would say that sushi doesn't always have fish. What is this, well. BuzzFeed? Did they get this wrong? No, this is actually Reader's Digest. <laughs> you think Reader's Digest would get this correct? Come okay. on. When did peanut butter and jelly sandwiches reach peak popularity? The Great Depression, World War One, World War Two, or the Vietnam War? The Great Depression would make sense. Uh, uh, World War II. Correct! The peanut butter and jelly sandwiches became the go-to sandwich for kids in the United States in the mid-1940s. Is a tomato a fruit or a vegetable? It's a fruit. Correct! Look at you just crushing this. Not really. I'm like 50% right now. (laughs) I think you're doing great. What is the most popular pizza topping? Sausage, mushroom, extra cheese, or pepperoni? Pineapple. Is not an option. <laughs> it's got to be pepperoni. That is correct. More than 60% of um, Americans say that pepperoni is their favorite pizza topping. What wow. is the least popular pizza topping? <laughs> anchovies. Plant, artichokes, pineapple, or anchovies? Anchovies. <laughs> Correct. 61% of people say that the anchovies are the worst pizza topping. Yeah. Yeah. What is the most popular type of chocolate? Milk, dark, white, or <laughs> right. semi-sweet? It has to be milk. Well, wait. Did you click it already? Because semi-sweet is used in cooking a lot. I already did. But you're okay. correct. Milk is it's milk chocolate. Okay. It's the milk. <laughs> it is supreme, but dark chocolate is becoming more popular. With what who? percentage of grapes? <laughs> are meant to be eaten fresh. Oh. 30%, 20%, 12%, or 8%. I'll go with 12%. It's, it's got to be low. I don't think it's 8%, though. 12 is correct. Nice job, Josh. Okay. I, feel like the, right. I feel like that's like the corn in Iowa thing. Like, what percentage of corn in Iowa is actually eaten like as corn? Yeah. <laughs> Instead of like sent out for to be preserved. Or made into <laughs> corn syrup, yeah. What color pepper best supports eye health? Yellow, orange, red, or green? Oh, I didn't know this. Uh, Does orange pepper have keratin in it? So orange pepper, I guess? Correct! Orange peppers (laughs) have 10 times the amount of the two different carotenoids that benefit vision. There you go. Look okay. at you crushing it. Orange because it's like carrots, right? Yeah. Uh, what is the most popular potato chip flavor? Barbecue, uh, yeah. sour cream and onion, cheddar, or plain? 
You know, I want to say plain, but I'll say barbecue because I feel like the, if everyone in Texas just eats barbecue potato <laughs> chips, that's enough to cover that. <laughs> Ooh, incorrect. Despite all the potato chip flavors out there, it's plain. plain potato chips yeah. are still the top of the list. That makes sense. What is the most popular cereal? We're almost done. Honey Nut Cheerios, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, Frosted Flakes, or Chex? And apparently they included all the types of Chex into that. Does Chex... Okay, if they included it as like, like you know how like Sony was including Blu-ray sales with their PlayStation 3s to win the format wars? Yeah, so if I they're including like checks in checks mix and yeah, count that as a know. sale, I'll go with checks. Are you going with checks? I feel like it's like, like a backdoor win for checks. Ooh, incorrect though. Okay. Honey Nut Cheerios is still the top okay. selling cereal in the right. US. A chef who formerly served British royalty helped create which fast food item french fries chicken nuggets cheeseburgers or milkshakes it's oh okay you threw me for a little bit of milkshake at the end i was gonna say it has to be nuggets but uh i feel like milkshakes is like a nice fancy before fancy was a like before you could get milkshakes Easily, it was probably like very specialized coolers that were traveling around. I guess so, milkshakes. Incorrect, Josh. It's nuggets. You should have gone with your gut. Chicken nuggets were originally <laughs> created in the. Get this, Josh. Can you believe this? Wrap your head around this. The main dynasty <laughs> were originally created in the eighties. Of which which century? Nineteen eighties, <laughs> Josh. Really? Chicken nuggets were created. Yep, for they were created for Elizabeth II. Wow. Wow. Who would have thought our whole lives? I just assumed chicken nuggets lasted, existed forever, and they did our whole lives basically. But yeah, hmm. what is imitation wasabi made from? Horseradish. Hor- okay. <laughs> well, three of these have ho- horseradish in the answer. So horseradish, mustard, and green food coloring. Okay. Hot sauce, mustard, and green food coloring. Horseradish, hot sauce, and green food coloring, or horseradish and green food coloring. Horseradish and green food coloring. Ooh, close, but not quite. Uh, wasabi's flavors develops one minute after the plant. But it, does, it doesn't say which one is the correct one, though. So uh. I, don't, I can't tell you what the right one is. Sorry, it doesn't tell me. Um, which ingredient is a must for chai tea? Ginger, cardamom, cloves, or cinnamon? Ginger, cardamom, cloves, or cinnamon? There's no cinnamon mm-hmm. in green tea. For chai tea. For chai tea. Oh, you know, I don't know the chai flavor. Uh, cardamom as a random guess. Oof. Incorrect. The spices used in chai tea could vary, but they all contain <laughs> some level of cinnamon. Oh, so the one I thought was the least <laughs> likely. <laughs> yes. How many eggs contain a bonus yolk? One Ooh, in 500. Yolk. <laughs> one in 1,000. One in 2,000 or one in 3,000? It's impressive that there are odds for... Uh, <laughs> for bonus yolks. Of mistake of nature. Uh, one in 1,000. One in 1,000 eggs? Correct! Hey. Nice work, sir. What dried fruit is best for runners looking for an energy boost? Dates, raisins, apricots, or all of the above? All of the above. That seems like a gimme. That is correct. <laughs> All right. How many grams of fiber are in a large apple? 
four, five, six, or seven? <laughs> Who cares? Uh, five. <laughs> <laughs> That's correct. An apple a day gives the doctor away because they're a good source of fiber. All right, Josh, ready for your results? Yeah. 14 out of 25. Not great, Kyle. <laughs> that's not bad. That's not bad. I honestly thought it would be higher than that. I feel like that's a little low, but there you go. Food quiz, Reader Digest food quiz. Let us know how you did, listener. We'd love to know. Uh, Josh, how was that quiz? Was that okay? It was fun. I was just wondering. I hope hopefully everyone else thought it was fun, too. <laughs> I hope so, too. You know, now that we're 30 minutes into the show, should we start talking yeah, about games? So should. thanks so much for joining us this week, everyone. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, or suggested topics, Hit us up at Board with VG on Twitter or check out all the awesome stuff over on the Instagram, also Board with VG. We're proud to be part of the Place and Video Games podcast family, and we encourage you to check out all the shows like the PSVG podcast, the Nintendo Shack, PSXP, and old shows of Dollar Cinema. You never know when a new show might pop up, so be sure to stay tuned to all of your favorite PSVG podcasts to stay up to date. We're also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network, so if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast as well as all the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that's right for you. So with that, Josh, what have you been playing, sir? Well, uh, what have I been playing? That's a good question. Uh, I didn't write it down. Uh, I did play Pathfinder last Ooh. Monday. I'm going to write that down now so I don't forget in the future. Uh, and yeah, we're, we're rounding out this chapter of the story we're going to take a break and and go into D D after and try that out but uh, uh we had the full group playing and we're in this mining camp we're trying to uh well everyone has their, seems to have their own agenda as to what they want to do i'm like mm-hmm. the only one who's like meandering like uh like <laughs> Most almost the whole game, I was just kind of like trying to remain undetected uh, by this giant, like Loch Ness monster looking thing. We also forgot that there was a demon somewhere that was hiding. We completely forgot that there was a summoning circle outside this little cabin. Uh, So there's like this invisible demon. And I remember I was just trying to be quiet and the dinosaur thing was charging toward me. I remember throwing my rapier at it and then it just like smacking me with its tail across the whatever. It took took quite a bit of damage. Um, But it's been a lot of fun uh, joining these guys back up with these guys and playing, even though I'm always constantly feeling like I still haven't gotten my, like familiar familiarity with it. Like I don't feel as comfortable playing it as I do when I play like board games. Uh, so I'm just trying to like, I'm I'm hoping that when we start D and D that I'll like, we'll all be starting on some form of ground level. So maybe I'll be able to, to keep up. I really just feel like I'm constantly trying to keep up with everybody. And when are you starting your D and D session? When we're done with whatever the chapter of the story okay. is and it's not even necessarily the end of this it's um it's a break for our our dungeon master he you know he's feeling as he said like a not to put words in his mouth but like a little stale like he wants to like maybe explore other systems and that's why 
we're trying uh, D&D instead. Um, so we'll see. We're, we're going to check it out. I'm excited to try it, but uh, um, it's nice to to spend like a Monday night playing like we do it every other week. So a Monday night every two weeks, just, you know, having fun and laughing and right. socializing and not trying Have to you- die. And my apologies if you said this already. Have you decided what you're, who, what type of character you're going to create for D and D yet? No, I think the first time we do it, we're all going to sit down together and pick, like probably, um, kind con- like characters that will work well together. But um, I'm pretty open to trying new things, so uh, that'll be exciting as well. Yeah, so Pathfinder, check it out if you can. <laughs> even if it's in the pathfinder uh, adventure card game because that's fun too hey you know what uh, i would love to play uh, a regular game of pathfinder adventure card game i really enjoyed that a lot yeah um that was so much fun we should try to figure out if there's a way we can do that on over skype or or zencaster as like does that work over a zoom where we can play like that's a good question. We like should figure that a out. A game uh, a month where we just have like a like a legacy game going. Um All right. Well, let's keep it in the board game ish universe. Uh Everdell just hit mobile, which was very exciting to me. I didn't even realize it was coming out to be honest with you. It's by Direwolf Digital, so you know that the quality is going to be there. And I played uh I played the tutorial uh, so far and Everdell, the board game has a lot of rules and a lot of options for what you can do. And Everdell mobile also does. And it's, <laughs> uh, it's, I really enjoy it. It's just, uh, it's not as easy to be aware of everything that's going on in the game because in Everdahl, when you are building your, you're essentially building your own town of uh, locations and characters, uh, and they get bonuses based off of other locations and characters in your town. You can also place your workers in some of your locations, not only in your town but other players' towns. So in the game, you have to like literally scroll to the right of your main board to see the other characters towns. And then you have to hold over it with your finger to figure out what their locations do. And it just seems like it's not as easy just to like look over at a card and read it. Um, Well, it is not as easy as it is to look over at a card and read it. Um, So it does suffer a little bit from like the small screen. I bet it'd be great on a tablet or even on steam if it comes out on steam. But I'm enjoying it. it was, it's ten bucks on at least on Android. I'm not sure if it's out on Apple. Um, but if anyone is listening, our listeners, if they if you guys get Everdell Mobile, just tweet at us or drop a line in the Discord. I'll be happy uh, to play with you guys because we have a few listeners who we've played like Sagrada with and and um, Potion Explosion and other games on mobile. So I'd be happy to also play this game on mobile as well. And it is on Apple as well. Okay, nice. There you go. Uh, yeah, it's still fun. And um, I do think the the beauty of mobile and PC board games is flawless rules explanations. Like you're not 
misreading anything, you're going through the steps so you know now how to play that game, which is nice if you haven't played the board game yet, but you want to. This is almost like a cheat tutorial. So it's cool. It's nice. Great, great production value. Uh, great audio. Like looks really good. Because I, I think even for, I think for Root, that is what they typically recommend to learn to play the board game is just play yeah. the app. Yeah. And uh, and they, that's a great app as well. I have that on Steam. Uh, I'm still playing Hot Wheels uh, in Forza Horizon 5. Uh, I still think it's great. They did a great job with this. And it's fun to unlock Hot Wheels cars as well. So I'm enjoying that. Uh, nothing more to report on that. Uh, and lastly, uh, it has been a slow week. I mean, we're just like, it's literally the dog days of summer at work. Uh, I'm up at 4 a.m. every day. I come home at 3, and then I have my son until bedtime. <laughs> so right. it's been rough. So the gameplays have been low, but uh, Multiverses has made it to the television. If people don't know what this is, this is the free-to-play uh warner is it warner brothers still who who owns all this yeah. now? it's warner yeah. brothers right yeah um warner brothers smash brothers uh universe game uh what multiverses does however is while you can pay to unlock characters you can also um like unlock characters by playing enough uh, they also like have a rotation of characters that change out weekly, so you can play a different characters every week. Uh, just depends on who's available. So right now you can play as Superman, Wonder Woman, Finn from Adventure Time. Uh, this weird rain rain dog, I think, is what it is. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's a weird looking animal. I think it's called Rain Dog. Uh, and then a guy from, I think, Steven Universe. I don't know the show, but um, a weird purple-looking character. I think I'm forgetting somebody else. They just announced LeBron James as a new character. He's already in the game. Uh, but I played some 1v1 games. I haven't played a big old like, cooperative because I didn't want to feel like I was holding anyone back. Uh, uh, but it, it also kind of works like Fall Guys if you want to, like throw in a bunch of different game modes into the search type. It will just match you to the first available game. Um, but it's fun. It's like Smash Brothers. It's like, actually, it's less like Smash Brothers and it's more like, um, shoot, what is that game that had like Hellboy and the Ninja Turtles um and like a tiger brawlhalla, brawlhalla? It's like brawlhalla. i was like i didn't know that any of those char- other characters were in that oh yeah but... they're all in that yeah okay. it's more like brawlhalla than it is smash brothers but it definitely borrows from both games uh but there's no throws or counters like smash brothers is just a dodge um and special attack and normal attack uh but i really enjoy it it's fun it's fun for what it is it's free i'm not i don't see myself paying into this game i was like looking at batman i was like do i buy batman i was like no but maybe if i play it longer i'll decide to give him like or maybe i'll buy a season pass just for a month but uh um but yeah i mean i really been enjoying it um i didn't put down marvel snap i did want to mention 
I'm still playing Marvel Snap. Um, tomorrow starts a new season. We were just in Thor Love and Thunder season. So I'm curious what the next season will be. But I'm playing it so much, Kyle, that today I uninstalled Marvel Strike Force. Whoa! Marvel Strike Force! A game that I have put <clears throat> so hundreds of hours into. <laughs> wow. Uh, I felt weird doing it, but it just seemed like. I I haven't been logging in and I was like, well, what am I even doing at this point? I'm sure right. my, my, I'm sure my Alliance has already kicked me out because <laughs> I haven't logged in for a week. So I'm really enjoying Marvel snap enough that I think that's, uh, that's where I'll be putting my like season pass dollars to. Um, I am, Hey, I'm surprised. Did, did your alliance not require you use to to use Discord? For they asked me to, and I okay. ignored them. <laughs> gotcha. Okay, I but was I, like, yeah, I for- was active enough that I think they knew it was better to have me than not have me. I uh, I anticipate, and maybe I'm going to be wrong here. Um, I anticipate Disney Sorcerer's Arena is not going to last much longer. Hmm. I feel like I feel like this game is on the outs. Um, oh no! Which is the mobile game that we play a lot. That's similar. Um, yeah. It just the updates are becoming much less interesting. Um, the number of players in the game has dropped significantly. Like um, even the big content creators for the game, like don't even make content for it anymore. Um, so I anticipate, maybe I'm wrong, um, that I feel like my partner might move to Disney Dreamlight Valley. Yeah, I just watched a video on that actually. Yeah, I, I feel like that might kind of be up her alley as far as what she would want to do, and I think it's coming to mobile. Uh, you know, I'm not sure. Uh, I will say this. I just watched a video with my wife on IGN. They did a preview mm-hmm. and it's getting, they gave it like huge comparisons to Animal Crossing. Um, but in a, like, but as uh, it's a better game yeah. um, in certain ways. Well, and even if it's not coming to mobile, it's coming to Switch and she has a Switch. Yeah. So yeah. My, I anticipate that it'll that will kind of be what she transitions to but i really 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 want to play marvel snap i know i wish it come out <laughs> on the iphone so bad so but yeah i feel like disney dream Light valley is going to kind of be where she's going to start spending her time um because you know we both have been we're both like pretty high level in disney sorcerer's arena um she her summoner score that's not going to mean much to anyone but her summoner score is almost six hundred thousand. i just cracked five hundred thousand recently um, but if you figure like if you like level a character from like one star all the way up to seven stars, like when you get them to seven stars and that doesn't count their gear level or anything, like you only yeah. get like a thousand for like promoting them from six stars to seven stars. So you, you, know, you get a thousand towards your summoner score. So if you figure I'm at, you know, 500,000 something, uh, <laughs> I've played a lot of this game. Uh, but yeah, I just I don't think the game is going to last much longer i have basically completely cut all my spending in the game just because yeah. i'm not going to keep dumping money into this game that i feel like is dying so um but yeah look, I, I really look at this omega snap. red variant can you see it well uh i cannot see it well uh but put it this uh, way i can't see it super well and it still looks awesome so what a, are you gonna say about that they have a venomized variance in the game so it's a venomized omega red oh man yeah there's some great card art in this game yeah, so I I do I think Marvel Snap will be where I'm going next because yeah I I love card games I always have it's just usually the time commitment is so significant and obviously there will be metas to learn and like what all the cards do but the actual yeah. act of playing the game is so quick um, that I feel like it's going to be 
pretty easy to kind of get into that. Oh, so. yeah. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Anything else you've been playing then, sir? I think that's it. That's it, I think. Um, All right. Yeah. Okay. How about you? Well, for me, it's been a lot of the same thing. So I actually have been playing games. But I've been playing things that I've talked about. Uh, Dismantle, I still cannot stop playing this game. And I actually I tried that. It. And you hated it, didn't you? <laughs> I uninstalled it right away. <laughs> yeah. Most people I don't think like this game. For whatever reason, this game has its hooks in me. I am like, I just got an axe the other day. So now I'm chopping down trees. Like, ah, I got to, I'm loving it. Like I, like I said, I know that most people probably aren't going to like that game. But for some reason, that game just has its hooks on me. And I can't stop playing it. So I'm still playing. I'm, I'm juggling time between that stray and live alive so i'm still playing those three games kind of cycling between them i still like them all very much yeah uh, so it, it's one of those that because though i'm cycling between three of them i haven't finished any of them yet though i think i'm really close to stray um so that's kind of been where the balance was of like playing a little bit of this playing a little bit of that kind of cycling between those three games um i did i'm one of those suckers who i did int- uh did order um, the Backbone One PlayStation Edition. Oh, nice. So, And it should be here tomorrow. So by the time Ooh. you're listening to this, I should have it. So hopefully I'll be able to talk about that more next week so I can talk about how Remote Play works with it um, and all that good stuff. I've been thinking about ordering, getting a Backbone for like three months. Yeah. And every time I look at I like literally like will bring them up on look and be like, eh, it's not the time. Now's not the time. So like kind of for me, whatever, it was kind of like the sign of like, okay. I've been thinking about getting one of these. Yeah. I just got a new iPhone. This is specifically for PlayStation. Seems like I should just go for it. So I did. Nice. So we'll see. Hopefully I'll be able to talk about that more next week. But Josh, I did play a game. Um, it's a little game. Uh came out at the end of last year. I don't think most people have heard of it. <laughs> um, this little small, maybe indie game. Waiting for the dad joke. <laughs> Uh, not even a dad joke it's just a bad joke uh, just a bad joke <laughs> yeah josh i jumped back into forza horizon 5 <gasps> and what? i started playing the hot wheels dlc no you didn't <laughs> i did and josh let me tell you you know how like last year i was like you know this game is like i get why people like it yeah um but i i'm not really into racing games i don't really like driving cars all that stuff i might be converted josh yeah dang if i'm not having a fabulous time playing forza horizon 5 it is yeah. so fun I don't know why like it wasn't hitting last time when I played it, sure. um, but I will say when I got in, when I went back in, because I haven't like played it since you know the cut like the week it came out or two weeks after it came sure. out. Uh, it was a little bit overwhelming trying to remember where I was, what I was doing. Oh yeah, I had like fifteen like free cars that had been given to me that I'm like accept it's like accept this car and like yeah. things are just popping up on the screen like everywhere <laughs> I'm like I don't even know what's going on. Um, so at first I was like this is a little overwhelming. Uh, but then once that all got taken care of and I started getting back into the groove of it, I'm I I still struggle a little bit with I really have not and I kept switching between all of my cars that I have. I, I can't really find a car that I'm absolutely in love with yet. Yeah. And I don't care enough or I'm not knowledgeable enough, depending on how you want to look at it, to be able to like mess with like the cars to like tweak them, right? Like I don't know what I'm doing. I'm like, oh yeah, we'll add this thing and maybe it goes back. I don't know. You- you know what helps? Because I know you can do minimal tweaking, almost mm-hmm. to like motorsport level. However, um, just from the credits that you're earning, if you find a car that you like that maybe it's not handling the way you want or you're having some issues, even just um, picking the perks for that car helps sometimes mm-hmm. uh, performance-wise for that car, and especially for like, um, bonus points and credits as well but it also helps with like drifting and, and things like that as well so i would say don't 
don't skip on just like the regular car mastery, I think it's called. Right. Yeah. Where you can just b- pump uh, credits, like not credits, per like uh, unlocked. Yeah. Like coins or whatever to, to right. make that better. Yeah. And I, and that was the part of the thing as I was looking at that. And then I get into, cause this happens to me when I play like every game. So this isn't yeah. a force thing specifically of like, well, like this car is fine for now, but do I really want to invest these things into it? Because what if I don't keep using this car? You want to put it in a different car that you'd like. Right. Yeah, I, I feel I like, the same I exact know. way. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I get that same way like in Assassin's Creed. Like when I get a weapon, I'm like, well, I don't really want to spend these resources to upgrade this because what if I find a better weapon? You right. know, like. Exactly. But sometimes you just got to do it. You know, <laughs> just kinda, yeah. and it's still a game and you're going to find things and it's going to be great. So I was thinking around, playing around with that, honestly having a really good time. And then I was like, okay, let's go try the, the Hot Wheels stuff. I don't know if you know, Josh, the Hot Wheels stuff is really fun. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> I will say, though, it's very disappointing that you start off, and it's just probably because I'm so low level, but you start off with this awesome car to do the intro, and then they're like, here's this crappy car to go do they're your like, first Now race. you got to pick like, a class B or, or, or a lower car. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, come on. Like You like introduced me with this awesome thing where I'm going like 180 miles an hour and I'm whipping through Raising things. a plane. <laughs> I know, right? And then it's like, okay, that was welcome to you know Forza Horizon Five and Hot Wheels. Oh, now here, Josh is your cat. Okay, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> Sorry, listen to Josh's cat is having a moment in the background here. Um, but yeah, so you do all this really fun stuff, and then they're like, okay, now that you're actually into the content, here's this really cruddy vehicle to go do like your initial races with and all that stuff. But like I said, I am having a really good time with it. The only, I don't know, annoying thing I guess I would say about it is that I keep getting an internet disconnect, like, warning. Oh, really? Yeah, and the box will pop up and be like, hey, you're disconnected from the internet. Like, you need to, like, just go back to, like. Oh, that happens to me, too. And and it's like, yeah, and it'll come and it'll, like, start counting down from 10 and then it'll get to five or four and it'll just disappears. And then 10 seconds later, it pops up. I'm like, oh, my gosh, like. What is going on with this? So that's the only annoying thing. Sure. Um, but otherwise, just driving around, I'm having a great time. Great. Uh, I think I'm going to keep playing Forza. So that's incredible. Now we need yeah. to play together. I know, right? I saw your drive guitar and I smooshed it off the road because that's hey. the way I am. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, it was in a race with me though. It wasn't just like me driving around. It was in. It was actually in the Hot Wheels race. Do you know what I love about that though? Speaking of, I don't think that a lot of people know that about Forza. Um. When I, the next time I see you, that's mm-hmm. how your car will act in my race. I know. That's really Good exciting. Luck. I know to look out for you. Enjoy that. <laughs> Kyle smooshes. Well, I mean, and part of it's just because I'm bad. <laughs> so, well, like, you got to do what you, know, you got to like, do. <laughs> you know, so like, got to try to win, you know? So. Yeah. But yeah, so I'm really enjoying it. Um, yeah, something about it's just hitting right right now. So I'm having a great time playing Forza Horizon 5. Um, and I'm bouncing back and forth between doing Hot Wheels stuff and just doing regular things. Yeah, so. yeah. But yeah, awesome. With that, great. Josh, what's your first topic of the show? Well, I, I was going back and forth on if I wanted to ha- cover this as a topic, but I had a conversation at our, we had a Christmas in July party. Yeah. Full of food. Uh, I brought games, but we didn't play any. We just kind of socialized. Um, but we're talking about, uh, is this a sign of things to come for these specific games? And that being said, uh, Marvel Villainous has announced its next expansion, not Villainous, but Marvel Villainous. And it is called We Are Venom. 
and it is a single character expansion. Um, so, you know, to be totally like clear and transparent, I shared this in my, my, my little group chat text group with my two board game buddies. And like the first thing that came up was like, like with how many Spider-Man villains they are, how is this not a full Spider-Man villainous expansion? Yeah. Or even symbiote, to be honest, could be all the symbiotes. Uh, but then the next question, which um, my buddy Joe said is like, he doesn't like the precedence that this setting is setting with one character expansions. Uh, and I, you know, at first I, I didn't necessarily agree, but thinking more about it, it does just seem, uh, odd. Uh, I did look up the last expansion. It was $30, the Loki one. It came with three characters. And from, from what I've been able to find, it looks like this is going to be 15 bucks and it's going to be exclusive to Amazon at first. And then it will uh, kind of like Target has the exclusives. By the way, I went to Target today to get Star Wars Villainous and Shocker. They didn't they have it. Did not have it on the shelf. <laughs> it did say that. it was available, but it was not on the shelf, which is fine. I'm going to get Star Wars Villainous next weekend instead. Uh, I don't have time to play them anyways, uh, <laughs> but I will have that. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to hit uh, Amazon in October, a wider release in November. Uh, but we do know that we're getting Venom by himself for about $5 more if you go based off of three characters for 30 bucks. Yep. Uh, so I guess I'm of two minds of this. Like I 100% agree with Joe. I think that it is kind of a dangerous, uh, precedence. Like, uh, why are you going to charge $5 more and give us less content? Mm -hmm. But also maybe people who got the last expansion were like, I don't want MODOK. I'm never going to play as MODOK. And now they can say like, you know, I really want to play Venom. So I don't mind paying the five extra bucks to have Venom and not have to get two other characters I don't want. But I think that's more of the people who aren't into the collecting the sets as right. you know, as much as just wanting to play as certain characters, so I could see uh, both sides a little bit. Uh, uh, I would be worried though if we start seeing this with Disney, because they could just you know cherry pick for years now if that's what they wanted yeah. to do. <laughs> and uh, but it could be better for me because maybe I decide I don't want to collect all of them and I don't need such and such villain that I am unfamiliar with from Disney movies. Like, yeah. It could be good or bad, but uh, what do you? Th what is your opinion on this? I know I don't think you've really played Marvel villainous, right? I have not. No. Just a regular villainous. Um, so, what's your opinion on uh, the single character expansion? And do you think uh, do you think this is like a dangerous precedence? So, my first thought, and this might probably tells on me a little bit. My first thought was like, I wonder how big the box is. Yeah. Like how much space is it going to take up if they start doing all these individual character expansions? Like how big is that box going to be? And is it going to be one third of the size of the box? You know, who knows? But that was right. the first thing I thought of is like, how big is the box going to be? And then I went a little bit to the price point, just kind of like you were talking about and looking at, okay, 
it is technically like <laughs> excuse me less content for an equivalent price but you know we have this conversation right in my job all the time of like you know sometimes things don't care how many like people are in a place it just a thing costs a thing right and the example yeah. we always use is like in higher education there's always complaints about funding and what schools get how much funding and the reason that there's all these complaints is like if your school has 30,000 students and your other school has 5,000 students, it doesn't matter how many students are at those schools. The cost to replace a roof is the same, right? So yes. like you can't when, you know, from a state perspective, it's like, oh, well, we want to do equal funding per student. It's like, well, sure. But, you know, the cost to replace a roof doesn't matter. It doesn't care how many students you have. It's always the same. Yeah. Right. I don't know that the box cares how many expansions are in it. Like the cost sure. to make the box is this, you know, so that's kind of where I start getting to the, yes, it is less, you know, per percentage wise of like, okay, we're only getting one character for 15 rather than three for 40 uh, or three for 30, excuse me. So it, it is more expensive maybe than it should be. Yeah. But how much of that is greed? Probably some. Sure. And how much of that is just the nature of you're putting one less character. You're, you still have to produce these things. Um, so there's going to be a cost associated there. I, I do, I kind of like your thought and I, I've been along that process of like, it's nice to be able to pick and choose what you want, right? Like, Hey, if everything came out individually, I could pick just the ones I want. Yeah. However, in this, in a situation like this, if you were buying packs of three, are you ever going to be like, I wish I didn't get these other two. Right. Cause you know, like, like you still get to use them. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it is a tough one. I, I like you. I see both sides of it. Since this is a game, I don't play. My answers. I really don't care what direction sure. they go. <laughs> but it is one. It does feel like they are splitting out, or I don't want to say removing content, but they're piece. They're they're putting content out in a way that's going to be more economically beneficial for them. Right. Sure. Yeah. And we see that happening all over the place right now. That you know things are costing the same but the amount of stuff in them is smaller like we are starting to see these things happen and i think this maybe this is a you know a, a one-time deal with amazon that amazon really wanted this thing and they're like well we'll do a single character for this exclusive but everything else is gonna be three maybe this is gonna be the wave of the future who knows but um yeah it, you know it has its advantages and disadvantages just about like anything does i just hope that you know suddenly the next one isn't one character for 20 you know that's when i'm gonna start getting worried yes so. yeah I will say this. I do think that the, the deck seems to play interesting. Uh, it considers Venom a hero in the deck, which is oh, funny. Okay. And uh, symbiotes are allies, but the ultimate goal of uh, We Are Venom is uh, to overwhelm Spider-Man and take over his body, which I think is okay. pretty cool. <laughs> that is cool. Awesome. Anything else, Josh, about uh, becoming Venom? Uh, you know, I'm more, I'm happy for more content, but, uh, you know, we'll see. It could even be 20. Who knows? It's just rumors that it's going to be 15. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. Well, once we get that finalized, we'll have to take a look. Yeah. All right, Josh. Well, it's time. It's time to come back. One of our favorite topics, answering <laughs> the board gaming subreddits, most burning questions. I feel like you enjoy this topic. I, I love this topic. topic. I love okay, it. Okay, cool. All right, Josh. So we're going to go through, we're going to get through a few of these. We'll see how, how it goes. Um, I think both of our next topics are pretty short, so we'll see how long we yeah, go for this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, first question, Josh, from user Amass Games. Do you consider board games toys? Oh. <clears throat> no. Uh, 
if I could just, if I'm going to be that blunt about it, no, because there's no rules to play with toys. Oh. You could utilize a board game like a toy if you wanted to just <laughs> open a board game and move the pieces around. <laughs> uh, kind of like how like every kid eventually played Mousetrap. But yeah. really, uh, I think the big difference is that toys don't have rules and board games do. That's good. Yeah. And I think you're pretty spot on there. I think both games and toys get played with. And yes. I think you could play with a game not as intended. And then it maybe might be more of a toy or something like Mousetrap. You know, we always talk about like, oh, it's not really a game, it's an activity. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, the fact that there are like goals, restrictions, decisions, like all of that, like guidelines about how to interact with said thing, I think does make it different. Now, if you go into a store, are the games in the toy section? A hundred percent. Sure. Am I going to get really mad if somebody's like, oh, you really like playing with toys? Do you like playing with games? No, like I'm not. But I, I do think, yeah, you kind of hit it on the spot there that they are two different things because of there's rules. Awesome. All right. Well, that was pretty easy. The next question then from alexrescue.com. The post says, I'm going to tell the title later. Sure. Every year we get hype for certain games to come out. Some mm. over deliver, some under deliver, some are forgotten, some get in the same amount of expansions. This is a list taken from BGG about the 20 most anticipated games of 2012. And I'm wondering oh what your thoughts are on the list. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> all right. So here are the list. Um, it goes one to 20. I don't know that we'll go through all 20 of them, but we'll probably do like the top 10. But their most anticipated games of 2012. Uh, number one, Seven Wonders Cities. Whoa. Okay. That's you weird. The cities exp- <laughs> do you remember the Cities expansion for Seven Wonders? Yeah, I do remember Cities expansion. The good, bad. What are your, what are your thoughts? Should, the, the, Not that... as good as leaders, but mm-hmm. fine. I guess I wouldn't put it number one <laughs> anticipated. Yeah, I agree there as well. Uh, number two, then on the list is I believe this was the reprint of Merchant of Venus. Okay, uh, a game I've always heard about. I uh, never played it. Yeah, same here. Uh, but I mean, people love that game. So seems seems on point. Yeah. Uh, next, it's funny because like some of these games I like barely remember. Uh, next on the list, then, uh, for some reason they had Merchant of Venus listed as number two and number three. Don't know why. Weird. So number four on the list, uh, Star Wars: The Card Game. Oh man, I had a, I really loved Star Wars: The Card Game at the time. Yeah, published by Fantasy <laughs> Flight, um, designed by Eric Lang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you? When was the last time you played Star Wars: The Card Game? 2012. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. So, but it's a game you like. I remember enjoying it for what it was. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was like the Star Wars game to play at the time. I was playing Magic at the time, you know? Like, that was, oh, yeah. that was nice to have. Yeah. Oh, man. That game. Okay. Uh, number five on the list. On the list. Rex Final Days of an Empire. Never heard of it ever. This in my is life. the reimagined <laughs> version of Dune 
set uh-huh. in the Twilight Imperium universe. Oh, but that sounds horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll be honest. I didn't remember that game either. So I was like, I do not remember this. Uh, next then was Race for the Galaxy uh, Ancient Artifacts. So an expansion for Race expansion? for the Galaxy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. People love Race for the Galaxy. So that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Um, number seven then was Wiz War 8th Edition. Okay, I'm familiar with the title, but I know nothing about the game. Yeah. Uh, number eight, then, and this is a game I actually thought would be higher as the most anticipated, Descent Journeys in the Dark 2nd Edition. Yeah, that's big. That's a big one. So, yeah, I really, really thought that that would be a much higher on the list for that. Um, but, you know, it, it is what it is, I suppose. But people really love Descent. Uh, great game overall. Um, I know people were really excited about the 2nd Edition, so I'm surprised that's so low um, on the list. Then last two, we'll just do number nine and number ten here. Um, next, D Day Dice. Oh God, what a horrible <laughs> name! What a horrible just vision I had. I know, <laughs> <of> right? Like <laughs> storming the beaches of Normandy with dice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It, uh, let me just say that uh, that game has not reviewed very well over time. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and number 10 on the list then was Alien Frontiers Factions, which is an expansion oh. for Alien Frontiers. Okay, okay. I've so heard great things top... about Alien Frontiers. Yeah. So those were the top 10. Some other games on the list, though, that uh, were outside the top 10, which is funny now looking back on it. Uh, one of them being Glory to Rome. Okay, yeah. Was on the list. Caverna is on the list, wow. but not yeah. in the top 10. Uh, Goa is on the list, but also yeah. not in the top 10. And then finally, another game on the list, not in the top 10, Star Wars X-Wing Miniatures. Wow, what a long way that's come. That was the hotness or the top 10 rated? So those were the 20 most anticipated games of 2012. So that so, be like the hotness? No, because... No, no. No, it was just a list created about like the most anticipated games that someone had done, that someone had published as like a, a post. So, so we might do those, but I thought that was a really interesting look back. We don't look, we, we often talk about our most anticipated things, but rarely do we look back at what we had said was most anticipated and whether or not those actually panned out. So, so yeah. Very cool. I wonder what I was trying to find what, uh, what would be for 2022, but it's not super easy to find lists on board game geek. Yeah. It's not board game geek sometimes to navigate, <laughs> and they just changed their website, so it's even I know harder to understand right now. <laughs> All right, so Josh, next on the list from user Milky Joe two forty one. Oh boy, what unique factor could turn you off from a board game? We often hear about negatives about games like it's too long, it's too random, bad art, broken strategies, too much, not enough player interaction, etc. But do you have things that aren't often talked about that can ruin a game for you? Uh, no, I mean, I think the bigger variable for me is like people that I'm not used to playing with can be the bigger turnoff, depending. Like, I mean, if you've ever played, there's some times where you play with strangers that it's a real, uh, maybe crapshoot's the wrong word, but it's a real like, you don't know what to expect, but you're really putting in a commitment. Like if you're going to sit right. down and play a game with strangers, you're, you're there and you don't want to be the person who gets up and leaves in the middle of a game. So you're like in it. 
Um, and I know I talked about it at PAX Unplugged when we played the Captain is Dead at AEG and we had a real alpha gamer playing with us. And that was my first experience with somebody like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's more of the issue that I would have because you never know what you're getting with a group of people you don't know versus right. I know the types of board games I don't like. It's very easy to avoid those. Um, you know, I have a friend who doesn't like party games, so he just doesn't play party games. And everybody knows that. So we don't typically offer up party games unless it's like a very specific um, scenario. So I think for me, it's just more of the people part of it mm-hmm. than anything else. What about you? Is there like a specific thing that isn't common for you? There is one thing that I won't necessarily like not play a game if this is part of it. But it will annoy me, and it will make me like the game less. And this is going to sound so petty. No. Oh. Little itsy-bitsy cards. Oh, like, I hate cards that, too. Are, You're right. Like, I, I cannot <laughs> stand like not like when they use. Yes. And there are times where I think it's appropriate. Like, if it's not something you're having to hold in your hand the whole time, like if it's something that's laid out in front of you, something like that, that's fine. Like, I get that. Like, you want to have having the different sizes can help differentiate but what cards you need to go to and things like that. So, Little cards, if they're especially if they're like I'm attaching them to my player character, so like I lay it there, like that's fine. But if I have to hold them in my hands, yeah, that drives me batty. Yeah, I hate, hate, hate when they use those little cards. And I get okay. it saves money, like I, I get it, but oh, drives me nuts. Can't stand it. May immediately makes me like a game less. I changed my answer. You made you reminded me of something <laughs> that I hate. Oh, okay. Uh, in one of my favorite games ever, Betrayal at House on the Hill. Uh, when when a game includes components that don't work with the pieces of the game that they're supposed to. So in Betrayal, you have these little tombstones that are supposed to slide upon your character card to mark their health, like their hit stamina points or whatever, but they never fit on the card, so they'd always fall off. So we had to get to the point where we would take a piece of cardboard, oh, break man. it up, and put it on the backside just so the piece <laughs> would stay on. Like right. don't don't ship out games with components that don't work with the game because right. every single person who buys your game is going to have a ne- negative experience in that area of your game. And they might choose to never play it again because of that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a great one too. That is a really good one. So yeah. Listeners, if you have like things like that, that really bother you, let yeah. us know. I'd love to know, man, I hate little cards. Anyway. Um, next one then from user winter moon games. Uh, their post is about randomness in games, and they they have five questions. Um, so I'll read them very briefly, but we're not going to necessarily answer them all. Um, do you play games with randomness? In your opinion, does randomness ever become a hindrance, or can it be simply be fun? What specific types of randomness are a turnoff in games? What is your preferred randomness to strategy ratio? And does your willingness to be more accepting of randomness depend on the theme and presentation of the game? So with all that, we're going to just break <laughs> it down to, Josh, do you like games that are more random or games that are less random? I love games that are luck-based. I mm-hmm. love randomness um, because you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, I'm also not the type of person who, like, I know why people don't like it because you don't feel like you have control over what you're doing. I totally understand that. I think for me specifically, what I like about it is having to adapt every turn. It keeps me engaged. 
Mm-hmm. I'm not on my phone. I don't get bored because I'm always, I never know what's going to happen next. And I really, and it probably speaks to why I like to watch like board game unboxings and like, like to give surprise gifts to people. I think I just genuinely like the surprise aspect. So for me, I love it, but I also can appreciate why it drives people bonkers. Yeah. For me, I like, like, I I don't, I shouldn't say that. I don't mind luck in games. I I do prefer, prefer that games are like, this is clearly a luck game or this is clearly more of a skill game. Maybe there's a little luck involved, but sure. The only time I don't like luck is if I have been, is if, you know, the game, and I, I'm not going to be able to think of a game that's going to do this, but I I know it has happened in the past, but I'm not going to be able to think of the, a specific example. But you're playing a game, and you're like, hey, I'm making decisions, this is going well, I'm making decisions, this is right, I'm making decisions, I'm in a good place to win, I'm making decisions, woohoo, I'm going to win, something random happens, and now I lose. Yeah. Like that's the only time that I really don't like it is if for, for some reason there could be randomness built in at a point in the game where there's nothing you can do about it anymore. Um, but the, that randomness hadn't always existed. Um, it'd be different if you're like, Oh, random. I got lucky. Random. I got lucky. Random. I got lucky. Yeah. Um, but if you're making all these good choices and then you get to the end and then something random happens and you can't win anymore as a result of that, that's the only time I get slightly frustrated by it. Um, I'm also really bad at rolling dice. So uh, that's why I like, I mean, I don't hate randomness, but I, I am not great at rolling dice. So absolutely. All right, Josh, I don't know if I have an answer for this one, but I want to see if you do, because I think it's an sure. interesting question. Um, this comes from Cat Tax Auditor. If you could change one thing about your favorite game, what would it be? Oh, what is my favorite game? though? Which is always a hard <laughs> question, too. So I was just trying to think of any games I really like. I can change one thing about my favorite game. What would I change? Okay. Um, let's use, I guess let's use Century Golem Edition. Um, do I want to use that? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like that being my favorite game means that there's not much I would want to change. Right. From it. Right. So, I mean, I guess. Here's my easy answer. It's kind of a cheat. I'm going to use Gloomhaven. I wish the components were better quality because I have a lot of pieces breaking off of the core, like cardboard, like separating from like each other. And even out of the box, like some of the monsters, like the outside part of the cardboard, the, the art, was falling apart from the metal cardboard. Um, even though I paid so much for it, I still feel like the greater picture is worth it. But, you know, when you spend $150 on a board game, you kind of want every component to be fine. You know, not like right. having to glue pieces together. So For sure, for sure. Um, uh, but that's not like, I don't know that that's, I'm not changing any core gameplay of the game. I just think that, with the amount it costs to get uh, if I'm going to remain like clueless about production and shipping and manufacturing, which obviously I'm not clueless about it. uh, That would be like my biggest gripe with Gloomhaven. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that's really unfortunate about Gloomhaven, especially the price of the game. 
Um, I think for me, it, like it would be any game that has small cards, get rid of them. Gloomhaven has a lot of small cards. <laughs> yeah, it does. That's true. And like yeah. I even think about you know even Ticket to Ride, right? Ticket to Ride comes oh, with small yeah. cards, yep. but I use the 1910 expansion like all the time because I'm yeah. not willing to play with the small cards. <laughs> so, but okay, last one, and then we'll move towards wrapping up. Uh, Josh, have you heard about the Blacklist Gaming debacle? No. Okay. Well, Should I have? <laughs> From user John John eighty five. Blacklist Gaming asking for $360,000 from backers to cover Quartermaster Logistics bills before Fantasy Series 1 can be released. Oh, boy. According to their most recent Kickstarter update, Blacklist Gaming is asking backers to contribute more than $360,000 to cover payments owed to Quartermaster Logistics. Backers are being incentivized to contribute money now to receive credits larger than the contributed amounts used for future Kickstarter projects. I'm sure, that'll be so fine. Oh, boy. <laughs> There were 15,095 non-zero backers. If you spread $360,000, if you spread the price across those backers, it ends up being about $24 a person. Okay. Um, but keeping in mind that about half the people have received their games already. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> um, so they had started a GoFundMe. What? Asking for people to contribute. And on their on if you go to their Kickstarter... Um, they literally like ha- have posted their bill from like Quartermaster showing how much they owe. Um, and Quartermaster is not willing to, Quartermaster has all their games and will yeah. not release them until they pay the $360,000. Yeah. <laughs> so that's part one of this debacle. Part two of this debacle um, is that, um, hello, backers. Following the last update, the GoFundMe platform we were using to help raise funds towards outstanding balance for fulfillment for this campaign was unfortunately taken down due to GoFundMe's policy. Um, (laughs) As stated in our terms of service, GoFundMe does not allow organizers to offer any type of good or service to donors on or through our platform. This includes offering or promoting any contest, competition, reward, raffle, sweepstake, giveaway, or similar activity. So, sidebar, since they were saying, hey, if you contribute here, you'll get money off your next or money towards your next Kickstarter, that's a no-no on GoFundMe. Right. For those who had offered to help uh, for the campaign, both here and overseas, your contributions have been refunded in full by GoFundMe. But most importantly, thank you very much for your kindness and efforts. So now what? After the last couple of days, reading comments and extrapolating valid and reasonable ideas and questions, here are some of the follow-up questions and answers. Um, And then it goes into a whole bunch of stuff um, about what they're going to do. Um, And basically, they're trying to work with Quartermaster to see if they can, in any way... um, get the games released and and what they can do um but yeah three hundred and sixty thousand dollars they owe um and they have multiple other kickstarters like in the pipe <clears throat> so josh I, did you look it up i'm assuming I'm, well, I'm on their website right now i was just i was just trying to make sure that this wasn't uh, uh golden bell studios with a different name oh gosh <laughs> that's that's a good question that's a good question um so yeah <coughs> So they have um, multiple other pre-orders slash Kickstarters going uh, for most of the fact that it won't affect those because those are paid for separately. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's about it. <laughs> um, what I will say, though, it is nice, though, that in the apologies at the end of their latest post, they say, then how can we be trusted? At this point, we can't expect that from you. So there you go. At oh. least they recognize that like they have messed up. And that they have messed up big time. Um, but yeah, so uh, fantasy <laughs> Blacklist Miniatures Fantasy Series One, uh, the campaign um, 
made $1.156 million um, and was supposed to ship um, in December of 2020. Wow. And, here's, and here we are in, <clears throat> you know, almost two full years later um, and not everyone has their stuff yet. So, uh, but yeah, it was just, they're just gener- kind of generic fantasy miniatures, um, not like tied to any specific thing. Um, but yeah. It's funny because they also have some controversy back in April <clears throat> where Barnes and Noble was selling their games, uh, before it was available to the backers of their yeah. games. And then they were blaming Barnes and Noble saying they didn't know how that was happening. <laughs> Well, you ship them the games, so that's <laughs> <Right>. step one. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, uh, but you know, they were saying ten to fifteen dollars for shipping to most states, and you know now they're looking for quite a bit more of that than that. So, um, you know, I, I, I wish we had fewer stories like this happening. I really yeah. do, and I understand everything in the world is complicated right now. Like I really, really do, and obviously this game was meant to be, um shipped a, a long time ago right like all the yeah. things that have happened like how could you have possibly expected that like i i totally get it um yeah so there we go and it does it does seem like they maybe uh didn't budget quite right um when they even when they talk about how it cost them nine hundred fifteen thousand dollars just to manufacture the miniatures yeah um and if you figure after kickstarter takes their cut like, do they even have enough money left to like pay for the miniatures? You know, right. like it seems like potentially there were some um, errors in in their accounting and how much things were going to to cost and all that good stuff. So, I mean, that comes with, I, unfortunately, that comes with like the Kickstarter like thing. Yeah. The whole thing about Kickstarter, people keep forget. Just kind of like you forget when you buy a game, you're only buying the license of the game, right? Uh, video games uh, wise, uh, you know you're just giving money to a developer hoping that you get the game. It's not even guaranteed that you will. So unfortunately that is why you have to look out. You have to be careful on crowdfunding uh, or things like that. Yeah. Doesn't excuse it, but doesn't make it like, you know, but you gotta wonder how much of the blame you can really put on who. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and that's the hard part too of like, you know, and then when they came back, they're like, well, if you give us a $30, you know, contribution, you'll receive $40 credit toward a future crowdfunding campaign. I mean, that's basically a Ponzi scheme. I'm, you know, like, like, well, I'm not, I'm not going to back another game of yours. Right. You guys didn't do this one, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that basically, and like I said, I don't know if it fully technically is, but basically you're like, yeah, give me money now for this thing I promise in the future that I have no obligation to do. And then they I have to compensate. They have to compensate for that money loss too. So they're going to charge more for the next project or right. something else. Right. Because if you're saying, give me 30 now, I'll give you 40 later. Well, that's $10 now that you're lo- like, how- anyway. For 15,000 anyway. baggers. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, yeah. Anyway, so, you know, check it out. They, uh, like I said, it does seem like they are genuinely trying to fix it in the right way. Yeah. I, and I do think that, you know, they have done a lot of things successfully since this initial kickstarter i think they just were in a bit over their heads so yeah we'll see you know hopefully we start hearing fewer and fewer of these things as we move forward but yeah it's been obviously it's been a complicated year and unfortunately uh some people because you know if you told me i had to come up with three hundred sixty thousand dollars, uh i guess i'm gonna try to win the lottery and hope right you know like (laughs) 
spot. All right. So that's it for, for our answering the board game subreddit's most burning questions. Josh, what is your second topic this week? Well, the question is, is, is this bad news for VR? Is this good news for PSVR? Uh, I'm going to read you this headline and most people are going to think I'm just read gibberish words put together. Reality Labs lost Meta 2.8 billion in the last three months. What does that even mean? <laughs> Who is Reality <laughs> Labs? What is Meta? Yeah. Uh, and is it, ex- it is expected to keep losing more. This is coming from Eurogamer. Um, but Facebook or Oculus Quest is now known as Meta or MetaQuest. Um, and they released their quarterly financial results uh, where they they said uh, from the work that Reality Labs, which is a division of Meta, has put into VR and Metaverse products, uh, has come at a loss, a net loss of $2.8 billion in three months. Um, the revenue they saw during that period saw a 48% increase, though, to $452 million, uh, which they contribute to the sales of the MetaQuest 2, which would make a whole lot of sense since they just announced a $100 price increase on both versions of the Oculus Meta Quest 2. I only call it Oculus, so people still know what I'm talking about. Uh, uh, so in the earnings call, they uh, did announce a new price hike, which was confirmed to have been put in action in an attempt to mitigate losses uh, from just you know reality labs in general. Uh, and as they say, the, uh, this is a quote, uh, cost of revenue decreased 4% as growth in core infrastructure investments and content-related costs were more than offset by a reduction by a reduction in Re- Reality Labs loss uh, reserves as a result of the announced price increase. It's all gibberish. Doesn't mean anything to you. Doesn't mean anything to us. It means that they're, I don't know what Reality Labs is doing with that money, <laughs> but they're doing something and it's costing Facebook a lot of money. And now it's costing their. Uh, consumers more money <laughs> somehow. <laughs> uh, yeah. Can you remember a time where you ever saw, did the PlayStation 3 do this? When was the last time we saw a price increase on gaming consoles or peripherals I, or anything like that? I can't, I can't remember. I have like a vague memory of a, uh, a PlayStation console going up in price, but that might be because I was thinking of, was it the PS3 that could play PS2 games that they discontinued? Yes. And it was like a hundred bucks difference between that one and the base model. It might've even been lower. I don't remember, but yeah, but that, but the PS3 originally had back compatibility and then lost it. Yeah. They lost it in the newer versions. Yeah. So then it went down. I can't, and may, like I said, my memory stinks. So maybe there is a, a, cha- a time when a mid-cycle price increase happened. Yeah. But that's the opposite of what's supposed to happen mid-cycle. It's supposed to go down in price. Yeah. I I can't even, this is what happens when you um, are not rich. I can't even fathom how you spend three over $3 billion in a quarter. Because right, that's like the loss doesn't count like they're, 
the two there's 2.8 billion in loss so they spent more than 2.8 billion yeah because they made 400 you know so like how do you spend a billion dollars a month and have basically nothing to show for it yeah i mean maybe they do have something i guess theoretically right coming down the line yeah (laughs) right but like i can't even fathom spending a billion dollars a month on a division that makes you four hundred fifty eight million dollars in a quarter like i, I can't yeah fathom that. yeah so, so now the big thing that the big problem i think and i can't i can't even wrap my brain around how they couldn't have thought of of this they're increasing the price of the quest too okay i get it if that was the only thing in the market right because you have the market but we're literally months away from a price uh, announcement for uh PlayStation VR2. <laughs> yeah. And we I was like PSVR2 is going to be so expensive uh forget about it. Like it's going to be 500 bucks, nobody's going to want to buy it, but now like this is making that way more plausible for people. Yeah. Especially if they already have a PlayStation 5. Yeah. Uh why would you buy a Quest 2 which is arguably uh, inferior, probably software, at least date by technology standards yeah. since it was released versus a brand new VR headset. Even if it's a hundred dollars more than the quest two, it's still, uh, I think a better value to buy the newer hardware, assuming it's good. Yeah. I mean, that does obviously assume that the person has a PS five yes, and that, that, that they're cool <laughs> with being tethered. Like, so there's still some caveats there are a hundred percent. Yeah. But I do think if PlayStation was thinking about coming out at $400 or $500 and they're probably nervous about it before, I think they're way less nervous about it now. Yeah, 100%. But also, I, I, I'm not a businessman person. Like, I don't have any degrees in business. So I, maybe I'm just talking out of my butt for this next part. But it seems like the only time you'd raise the price is if you knew you were going to be able to not meet demand for the product. Right. Because, like, yeah, yeah. Because if you knew there was that the demand was going to outstrip supply, charging more makes sense because you're like, oh, there's going to be some scarcity there that typically drives up the value and price of something. But, like, if you raise the price, but then these sit on the shelves, yeah. Like, if you actually decrease demand for it because it becomes more expensive, like, so you sell less of them, like i don't know exactly the math of how many fewer you like what that offset is right but like theoretically you might sell even fewer that you make less money right right so i you think you're talking like the ebay method like exactly i'm gonna buy this and sell it for a thousand dollars more than it's cost because you can't buy them anywhere yeah exactly so I'll, i'll be really interested to see like how this works out i was considering buying one of these i i know we've talked about it and they had just gotten to the point now where you didn't actually have to have your facebook account tied to them anymore yeah um, which i was pretty excited about so i was like oh maybe i'll jump in and then i kind of hemmed and hot on it and then i was like oh they're raising the price but i could theoretically buy one in the next couple of days and still get it for the, the cheaper price and i was Same like price, no yeah. i'm not going to like instead of jumping on it being like oh should i better buy it now i was like no absolutely not because who says they're not going to raise the price of everything else then moving forward and right. that's like it, it doesn't instill confidence as a consumer that this isn't just going to happen again or that game prices aren't going to grow even more or whatever else might happen. Uh, so it's an interesting decision on their part. I'll be really interested to see how it plays out. Obviously, they're continuing to invest big in this virtual reality thing. Mark Zuckerberg's a big believer in it, but 
it seems like more than anything has just lost them a ton of money. Yeah, it's crazy. I can't even imagine losing that much money for anything. So it's a big loss for just one little labs offering from Quest. (laughs) Awesome. All right. Anything else then, Josh, about uh, (laughs) Meta losing lots of money? I'm glad I got in at the lower price. (laughs) Yeah, I hear you. I hear you there. All right, Josh, so my final topic, I don't think this will take us too long, um, from the fine folks over there at Games Radar. Former Xbox boss says the company encouraged console wars to challenge each other. Uh, from Jordan Gerblick over there at uh, Games Radar. I struggled there for a second. <laughs> Former Xbox boss Peter Moore has revealed an interesting insight about how Microsoft encouraged the console wars between Xbox 360 and PS3, but not to create division between players. In an interview with Front Office Sports, thanks IGN, Moore explained that Xbox viewed the console wars of the of that era as being conducive to healthy competition. Furthermore, he suggested that Xbox needed to be competitive at the time to recover from poor sales of the original Xbox and the Xbox 360's notorious Red Ring of Death. We encouraged the console wars, not to create division, but to challenge each other, Moore said. And when I say each other, I mean Microsoft versus Sony. If Microsoft hadn't stuck the course after the Xbox, after the Red Rings of Death, Gaming would be a poorer place for it. You wouldn't have the competition you have today. Two big behemoths like Microsoft and Sony investing billions each is good for gaming. It's as simple as that, he said. They have to be great, otherwise the gamers are going to go to the other guy. Moore later added that if we don't resolve Red Rings of Death the way we did, I know darn well there'd be no Xbox today. Back in 2020, our sister publication Edge spoke with Moore in greater detail about that. It was like a funny such a serious problem, yada, 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 etc. Yeah. So Josh, first off, Thoughts on uh, Pete Moore saying like, yeah, we totally encourage console wars. I think it's, I think, yeah, I don't, I don't know that the quote is really lending itself to how we meant it, uh, but um, it's just him saying like competition is good. And it's the word that like, yeah, we encourage console wars is not probably a genuine representation of how he was saying it, but. Uh, but or at least maybe some people take it differently uh, than I do. Because here's going to be my question about it. Because console wars, he could have said we encourage competition, right? Yes. He could have said that, yeah, but he yeah. didn't. And console wars means a very specific thing today. And but those the day ask him chose to use, yeah. But did they use console wars, and he he reiterated on it, or did he? bring up console wars as a term i think it was him that said it it's a a youtube video so but i I think it's him who said it um but i i just really to me it means one of two things either peter moore is maybe a little more disconnected from gaming today oh sure previously sure um or it means that all of the gamer console war stuff that we have today is actually really microsoft's fault (laughs) right that's that's what he said right (laughs) i don't know about that but yeah i I know what you're saying um uh yeah i mean i've never really viewed console wars as a bad thing honestly it's as early as like it started with nintendo and sega yeah you know microsoft didn't start that or like push it the only problem was sega failed and nintendo took a step back you know, to focus on first party stuff. Um, 
you could probably even argue Nintendo won console wars to a a certain degree because they didn't have to engage in console wars. If you wanted Nintendo, you just got Nintendo. Like you knew it was going to Nintendo. But yeah, I, my only thing is, I, like I said, I, I'm very, his choice to use those specific words, like I said, they're a loaded word that mean very, like they mean yeah. a lot today, right? Um, so I, I was surprised at his choice to be like, well, we encouraged it, but not to create division, but to challenge each other. Yeah. But like console wars today, like that's all they do is create division. So you didn't have to say that. You could have said, yeah, we really encourage competition, <laughs> help challenge us and the other companies to be successful. Yeah. Console wars are different now than they were then, though, as far as like gaming exclusivity and all these things. But that's where they started, though, right? Yeah. Like that's where like the console wars we know of today, like the 360 PS3 area, like that is when it really yeah. started to get entrenched. I A think, yeah, you're right. It started there, like, yeah. But you weren't so. getting like, it's not like you were getting Call of Duty on the Xbox 360 with a year of extra content. And not in the PlayStation 2. Like, that oh, the, hadn't, that wasn't happening yet. There were, you you were getting map packs like a month early. And at that time, Back that then? never happened before. Yeah, on 360, oh, okay. 100%. Okay. 100%. Yeah, because I, I remember, um, I, I'm, uh, I'm pretty positive. I can't say 100% guaranteed. I'm pretty positive that did happen on 360. Sure. Um, that that's kind of when those things started to happen, that you started to see exclusive characters and games on certain only certain platforms oh i do remember that like soul you know so like i i I really do feel like that's when part of it is good right you're trying to improve the quality of the experience for your consumer right that like that's not a bad thing um but it it does then create like this line right and and serve to create this like we're better than you know like i'm a 360 gamer so i am better than a ps3 gamer Hmm. ps3 gamers being like well no we have this we are better that you know like yeah and honestly, for PS3 players, it was like, we survived. We should be the best. Right. <laughs> so that was really the best there. I Like I said, for me, it was just very interesting that he would choose to use those words, just knowing how loaded those are sure. today. Um, because, yes, competition is good. Competition is what fosters companies having to work harder. If three, And he, he's true. Like, if the 360 hadn't smacked the PlayStation 3 like they did, granted, end-of-life sales, I think PS3 might be slightly ahead of 360. Or Probably, yeah. <laughs> You know, like my PlayStation would have come back as hard as they did with the PS4. And if the PS4 hadn't blown out the Xbox One, we probably wouldn't have the Xbox that we have today with the Series X and S and Game Pass and all of those things, right? Like, yeah. this is what breeds what is better for the consumer in the long run. Um, and really, the quality of gaming as a whole has risen. Um, it just sometimes there's uh, unintended consequences of those things, right? Like co- using the term console wars, um, you know, creating the infinite scroll and now we have doom scrolling, right? Like, Oh right. no, if Twitter had just <laughs> realized that that's how that would work, uh, maybe they wouldn't have done it. So yeah, cool. All right. Well, with that, then we're going to kind of move on towards wrapping up the show. Josh, any questions this week or any emails or anything to read? Uh, no questions. I, we did have an email from Paul like two weeks ago. Cause I forgot to, read it we also did have somebody reach out to us they wanted to come on the show and talk about a tabletop rpg that is based fully on nfts i did not reply to them (laughs) yeah i'm okay with that i I, Uh, I... (laughs) um but paul chimed in he said it was it was good to hear kevin Uh, i guess kevin was also on flux to pose that same week he also enjoyed listening to donnie's conversation 
Um, and he says, uh, shout out to Kyle for holding down the fort while I was gone. But like you always hold down the fort. So shout out to Kyle for always <laughs> holding down the fort. Um, and I guess you got to go to Discord to read about Paul playing the game Trouble at a bar <laughs> and how that worked out for him. Uh, so if you're in a Discord, you can you can ask Paul about his story about Trouble in a Bar. <laughs> trouble in a bar. That sounds like <laughs> such a different thing. Such a different thing. Awesome. So with that, then we are going to move towards uh, wrapping up the show. Obviously, we're a gaming podcast, but we do want to give you one recommendation for a well-rounded life. Something else that we're into currently as helping us balance all of those things out. Josh, what is your recommendation for a well-rounded life? Well, I was struggling to find something I wanted to watch. Um, we're sitting in the, in the living room with my wife on Friday night. We're all tired from a long week of work. Uh, I thought she might want to watch Mythic Quest because she, and then I forgot she kind of like was here and there watching it with me. So uh, I was like going through Apple TV trying to see if there was anything. And I remembered hearing people talk about the show For All Mankind, which has Joel Kinnaman from uh, Altered Carbon, which I really enjoyed seeing him. And he's also in Suicide Squad. Both of them. So I thought I would check it out. And uh, I was very happy. We watched three episodes that night. I think they're an hour long. Wow. Um, And I thought it was really good. Uh, It's essentially, well, I'll say, I'll talk about the feeling of the show first. It's like Newsroom meets From the Earth to the Moon, if you've ever watched either of those shows. Meets Man in the High Castle, kind of. Uh, it, it's about uh, Apollo 11 and what if the Russians got to the moon first? Um, but it is told, um, you know, from the, in the perspective of the American astronauts and what that was like for them. And, and they have Buzz Aldrin and, and I almost said Lance Armstrong uh, <laughs> and Neil Armstrong you know, and that third guy that was on that flight. Uh, <laughs> but it, it also talks about, it also deals with um, uh, what Nixon's reaction would have been and how this would have affected the space program uh, as far as like, how do they react? What do they do? It's very fascinating. The acting is very good. Um, and it also uh, shows a very different um, perspective on the like nuclear family, so to speak, or the atomic family, or like how the 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 wives and the husbands react differently, and who's really in charge and who's taking control outside of work. Um, but it has a very also like Stepford Wives feeling to it as well. A very like almost like body snatchers feel to it. Like are yeah. these people? Are they a corporation? Are they like, what even is this? So uh, it's very fascinating and I'm really enjoying it. And I'm happy to know that I have two more seasons ahead of me. Yeah. I've so, heard really, really good things about For All Mankind. I haven't yeah. just gotten around to watching it yet, but I've heard excellent, excellent things about it. So I'm yeah, glad you're enjoying it. Very good. Um, so my recommendation, um, I don't know, this might be a challenging recommendation for some people um is the show uh i guess miniseries would probably be yeah miniseries would be better because it's gonna be one season 
um, Under the Banner of Heaven, um, which is on FX. Um, I'm watching it via Hulu. Okay. Um, Josh, are you familiar with this show at all? No, I'm not. Okay. Um, so, Josh, here's the synopsis from IMDb. A devout detective's faith is tested as he investigates a brutal murder seemingly connected to an esteemed Utah family's spiral into LDS fundamentalism and their distrust in the government. So this is a based on a true true crime book from the early 80s or an incident that happened in the early 80s. Um, Andrew Garfield stars in it. He uh, is the main role, but um, it also has a pretty solid supporting cast. Sam Worthington is in it. Um Wyatt Russell is in it, who I was like looking at him for a long time. I'm like, why do I know this dude? And he's played John Walker in The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Okay. Um, so he is in it. Uh, Gil Birmingham is in it, who was in Wind River, which is amazing. He's also in Yellowstone. Um, so really, really good cast um, dealing with some really, really challenging subjects. Um, Andrew Garfield is an actor who I've talked about on here before. I, I think is underappreciated. I think he's oh, incredible. Yeah. Um, but obviously really going... Um, Covering some very challenging topics, right? Because there is a very, there's a very gruesome murder, uh, but also then really challenging, you know, folks' faith and their connection to their faith as a result of um, things happening in the community. And whether you are someone who practices faith or not, um, you know, obviously faith communities are very strong in their connections to one another. And how does how would an incident like this impact, you know, that community when this is something that you would feel is like unthinkable to happen? You know, so. Um, really excellent acting interesting story definitely i think probably parts of it are very hard to watch um it, it's really really well done though like i said it's technically a mini series because it's based on a book so that's the one thing i really hate about like watching things on like streaming services is they're always like season one and you're like but there's only going to be one season like why are you saying season one like it should just say like the season or just like episode one don't even put season something on it yeah like, but so, but it's really, really good. Um, so if you are someone who's interested in um, true crime things, if you are interested in just kind of all those interactions between um, us and the things that we believe and what happens when those beliefs are potentially shaken um, and how, you know, how, where do you find yourself to after that? Um, I think Under the Banner of Heaven um, is a, an easy recommend um, to watch. Uh, but like I said, uh, if you are sensitive to real life murders that happen, especially if you have very young children um, and are sensitive to that, this might not be a show for you, but otherwise um, I think it's really excellently crafted. So nice. Josh, what do you say we wrap this show up? Let's do it. Thanks for joining us, everyone. In addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram at Board with Fiji, you can find us on Facebook. I got a yawn coming. We'll see where it comes in at facebook.com slash board with Fiji. So feel free to give us a five star rating over there. Also, if you want to communicate in the more long form or you're just not feeling social media, please feel free to email us at boardwithfiji at gmail.com. We tag our stuff with hashtag boardwithfiji, so please feel free to use that as well on all your social media so we can see what you're up to. And whatever podcast service you're listening to us on, we encourage you to give us a stellar rating. That is, whether you're downloading us from the Dice Tower Network feed or our very own standalone forward with video games feed uh, you can find me on xbox Live, playstation network steam uh marvel snap uh other things at why so serious that's s-i-r-r-i-u-s you can't find me on marvel snap because we can't play each other but uh, <laughs> i'm there uh, kyle where can people find you 
So you can find me on all the usual things, Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, all at Psychocross, C-Y-C-O-C-R-O-S-S. As always, if you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming. Josh, sounds like Rost. I just wanted to uh, send you a little message. I believe you've known each other for quite some time, but you've never met in person. Well, as an outsider, I understand that. But keep training. Keep focused on each other. Have each other's backs. And keep broadcasting that podcast. You're doing God's work. All right, guys. Take care of yourselves. Best of luck. Rost. <laughs>